up, y'all? This is April. And this is James. And we are the Lasters. Welcome to the KTC. Let's get started. Boom. What are we talking about today? Um, so we got a special guest today. Mm-hmm. My boy from way back in the day, Shelton Grant. Welcome, Shelton. Welcome to the KTC. Thank you for having me. The name of this episode is uh, If I Ever Lost You. Um, so um, the first question I, I actually have for you is uh, not too long ago, you endured, you endured losing your wife, uh, Brandy, at a very young age. How long, uh, how long were you guys married? We were married for five. And uh, it's a co- coincidence that today we met 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Today. Today. Mm-hmm. When you think about that, how do, uh, I, I, what, what, what kind of memories do you have about that first meeting? Man? Oh, man. It, 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 shoot. I was coaching, coaching football. Shout out to my son, Dan Savage. He, he's, uh, he's the, he's the angel that brought us together. And, and so I'm, I'm on this, on this football, football field trying to coach kids and, and it, I'm not paying attention to the kids, and so the coaches is like, I don't know who got your eyes, but we need you to focus. So to this day, you know, every time we see each other, um, they would be like, man, Shelton couldn't focus this, that whole year until y'all made things official. And so, yeah, it's um, it's it's a blessing in disguise. Um, even on today, I, you know, I woke up this morning and, and I was like, man, ten years—that's that's a long time. But we we've done, we accomplished a lot um, within these ten years. Um, like I said, five years of, of a beautiful marriage. Um, and even though she 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 wasn't here to see our daughter physically walk across the stage, um, even in that moment, um, she was sitting right next to me. So, like I said, I continue to have my moments. Um, I take it one second at a time. Um, I try to keep the kids uh, some type of normalcy, um, even though that's the one thing I'll never be able to fix. I can fix any other problem, um, broken down car, I can fix that. But I'll never, as a parent, um, as a dad, I would never be able to to fix that hurt that they have on a daily basis. Um, and so, like I said, I, I tell them, don't let nobody tell you how to grieve. I said it's probably going to be 20 years down the road, and in certain days it's going, it's going to hit you different than other days. I said it's it's a part of life, and I, I said um, as you, the only way you can honor your mom is you get up every day, you do something that she would do, um, pick up the phone, call a family member or something. I said, don't hold it in. I said, the more you talk about it, the easier it'll get. Do you find them, do they talk about it a lot, or do you see that they, they hold it in? Um, I, I know I, I'm the type of person that I, I hold stuff in. I don't like to talk about stuff when it's bothering me. Um, but do so, you find them take that advice, or are they? they? they They're starting to do it now. Um 
And I guess, like I said, they, they needed to find their, their comfort zone. And so, you know, me always being in dad mode, when I come home from work, I'm always saying, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Um, and so my daughter tends to wait, like, if it hits her while I'm at work, she tends to try to keep it together. And when she sees me, that's when she has a breaking moment. Um, and, and so my son, you know, he may text me and say, hey, Dad, today's not a good day. And I'm like, hey, just, just keep pushing forward. So um, my son tends not to show emotion um, in front of people. But once he gets by himself, he does what he needs to do um, and, and keeps it forward. Like I said, my daughter, she tends to wait till I get home. Um, or as soon as I wake up, she'll knock on the door and be like, all right, Dad, this, this is what's going on. I said, all right, we're we going to get through this together. So um, their main concern is making sure I'm okay. Um, even on my bad days, my daughter should text me, hey, Dad, what I need to do. And I, I said, I'm, I'm good. And she was like, all right. So, um, they they have their own moments, um, but... For them to, my my son is getting ready to turn 21. My daughter's getting ready to turn 19 in two weeks. Yeah, two weeks should be 19. So, um, for them to be this age, yeah. So, um, for them to be this age and, and handling it like they're they're doing, um, I always prepare for the worst. And, and and so, everybody's like, why do you always do that? I said. I prepare for the worst because God has a way of, of working everything out. And so how they've handled this thing since November 14th, they've been nothing but amazing. So um, I told them I'm, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to hold my end of the bargain because uh, I made a promise to them on, on our wedding day that if anything happened to mom, I got them to my eyes closed. And so um, – I'm going to continue to honor that that promise until God says, "Hey, it's, it's time for you to go." So. Did you um, did you know she was the one uh, when you first met her? Yeah, she was different. She she was she was different. Um, for her to, like I said, to be a mom at that time, she was in her last year of nursing school. So her her schedule was like real hectic. So um her free time was really like weekends, maybe like a few moments after football practice during football season. So to see her drive, um, to see her independent, um, and then just for her to allow me into her world. She didn't have to do it. Um like I said, with me not having kids of my own, um, realizing that she came as a package deal. Um, I, I needed to make sure I was financially stable um, because it wasn't just me and her. It was me, her, my son, and my daughter. Um, and so, like I told her, I said, uh, you're going to have to wait four years. I, I got to navigate this thing, I said. But if you trust the process, um I said, this thing could be beautiful. And, and so when she tells the story, she was like, two years in, I was ready to do this. 
but he made me wait four. And, 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 and so everybody was like, man, you dirty. And I was like, as as a male, you, you got to make sure certain things are in order. And like I said, I knew I had to be financially stable. I knew that I wanted to be able to what I brought to the table was going to be more than enough because this was a this was a different beast. Um, and I wanted to make sure me and the kids had our own relationship. They felt comfortable around me. Um, and, and so when I knew everything lined up, it was a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me let me ask April right now. If if I had knowing that you have Alyssa, right, or you had Alyssa before we got married, if I had had you wait on marrying me or asking you, who would you have thought? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I that's a good question. I never really thought about it. Um I guess since we got married so quickly, um, waiting wouldn't have been like abnormal. But what if what if I had like waited and it was like three years? Would you have started to get like, uh, uh like first of all, would you have moved with me wherever I went no. so we could be together? Okay, so we would have been separated, yeah. not together, mm-hmm. physically. Would you have been like, okay, three years is a long time to be in a relationship, and we not get married? Where are we going with this thing? Mm, I I think. According to how Sheldon is, is, is explaining it, they had a plan. He had a plan. So if you came to me and was like, okay, this is the plan, I would have went along with the plan. Now, if we deviated from the plan, that might have been a different situation. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I respect that. That makes sense. What you think and, about and, that? And that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a valid answer. And so to, to answer the question, with my situation, even though Randy knew my plan, she saw how everything was running smooth. And so, like, really, that, that third year, she was like, hey, look here, it, it, it'll be all right if we, you know, got married a year early. And so there, there was some that – was, that was the, the testing period. And so Randy had patience. But then it gets you really big because I I believe I believe that God showed her what it was going to look like way before He showed me, if that makes sense. And, and so for her to be in a, in a different relationship, everything running smooth, like she was like, okay, let's go ahead, hurry up and do this. And I was like. I still need this extra year. So there were some times where we've been on dates and she was like, where the ring at? And I'm like, I told you, we got a whole nother 12. We got a whole nother 12 bucks. And, and, and so uh, when we when I proposed to her, um, it was a very special moment. It was just me, her, and the kids. And um, she just had a co-worker that had passed maybe maybe three months um, before I proposed to her. And uh, I saw how her co-worker and her fiancé had been planning a wedding. And God said, you know what? Y'all have been together this long. Y'all won't make it the wedding day. 
and that thing kind of shook me, and it shook me in a good way, um, and I think that was God's way of saying, hey, there's no need to, to wait any longer. You need to hurry up and, and do this. And so um, I made her go to work. She went back to work, and um, all during that day, I was texting her just, just to check on her because the office was different with, with uh, Ashley not being in that office. Um, I told her it's going to be different. So kids got home from school. They're doing homework. And uh, she texted me. She was like, I just pulled up to the apartment. And I was like, all right. Um, so she sat down. And I could tell it was just an emotional day. And so she's sitting in the couch. I'm I'm kneeling next to her. I'm already in position. She was like, what are you, what are you doing? I said, well, you know, I figured I'd get on one knee. We just have a little conversation. Um, so I asked her to marry me. She was like, stop playing. I was like, no, I'm playing. Hit my ring. So I called the kids out. I think the kids were more excited than we were. So... The kids had just finished homework. They came out and like they literally ran into their room, started calling their friends, and like my mom was finally getting married. So that that's that's how it happened. And so um, our wedding night, we got back home, and she was like, "You know, I I gave you a, a hard time of making me wait four years, but how you did it was very unique." So um, at the end of the day, like I said, when she when we would tell the story, she would tell the, the the waiting, how hard it was to wait, knowing that she saw how this thing was going to look. But she was grateful that she stuck to the plan. So, yeah, say that um, last part again. She was grateful that what? Yeah, she was grateful that we stuck to the plan. So, okay, April eighth. He he, trust him just a little bit. This is just give him a little <laughs> trust. <yeah. laughs> Found out 
happened to us that she had a form of lung cancer. Um, and so we go in, we sit with the doctor, and he was like, I've got good news and bad news. And so I'm like, Doc, what are you talking about? He was like, the bad news is she has cancer, but the good news is the type of cancer that she has is very treatable. There's a high successful rate. It was like six weeks of treatment. Everything would go back to normal. So when I looked over at her, she was like, all right, I, I can do six weeks. I was like, you good? She was like, yeah. She was like, I'm going to do my own research on it. And so with her working in the medical field for so long, there was a patient that um, she was working with that had the same type of lung cancer that she had. So luckily the next day, that patient was on the schedule to come in. So after she talked with the, the patient, she called me. She was like, so we're good. I said, okay. Um, and so we we had the talk at the beginning of our marriage. If something were to happen to one of us, what we want. And so, you know, we it was like a, a 10 minute conversation, just a rough draft is, is how I think about it. And so it was after she got home, we sat down and it was like, okay, you, you need to tell me after this, something happened to you, what you want me to do. She was like, do X, Y, and Z and be done with it. I said, okay. Um, and so we started treatment. Um, I was still going back and forth to work. And um, there was times like on night shift, I would get off early so I can pick her up, take her to treatments and stuff like that. I've slept in hospitals and stuff like that, and she'd be like, "Well, I can get one of my sisters," and I said, "No," I, I said, "It involves me something to both of us," and, and I I made a commitment before you and God that I would take care of you and sickness and the health, and, and, and so I'm, I'm doing what I what I promised you I would do, and um, we were into our third week of treatment. And um, that that Thursday evening, we had church anniversary going on. So I was scheduled to do the welcome. She was like, Sheldon, she was like, I'm just a little tired. I said, okay. I said, well, kids are here. I said, let me go ahead and do this welcome. When church service is over with, I'll come back home. She was like, all right. Um, so I did the welcome. She texted me, hey, the kids want pizza for dinner. I was like, okay, I love you. And uh, about two, two or three minutes after I that, that final text back, my kids kept calling me back to back, back to back, back to back. And um, when I was able to step out of the church, and call, I called my daughter back, and she didn't pick up. And when I called my son, and I heard the ambulance in the background, and I said, what's going on? He goes, Dad, I need you to hurry up and get home now. I said, okay. He goes, Mom, stop breathing. I said, all right. Um, so I live literally like six minutes from the church. So I got there. I'm, I'm seeing the ambulance and everything, and I, I'm just 
seen her laying on the ground. And so the paramedic was saying, we got to get her to some of medical. I said, all right. So I'm making sure the kids are okay. Um, and luckily my um, niece, Rihanna, was able to drive my kids to some of medical because um, I didn't want I know my daughter wanted to ride in the ambulance, but I couldn't do that to her. Um, and I said, Deanna, I said, drive, drive, James is here. I'm going to get in the ambulance. So my sister um, was behind me. I said, hey, I said, when we leave, pull my truck in to the, um, to the driveway. And I said, meet me at the medical. Um and so once we got to Somerville Medical, uh, the doctor was like, give me five minutes, I'll be back, I'll let you know what we need to do, and we'll go from there. And uh, when he came out of the room, and I just saw the look on his face, and he was like, Mr. Grant, I don't know how to thank you. I said, well, there's, <clears throat> I knew then by the look on his face that he was gone. I, there was, There was... I just sat back in the chair and was just like, okay, this is this is what's, what's happening. So um, it was her time. The head nurse at Somerville Medical was amazing. Um, she says, by the time you tell your kids, I'll have her ready for you in the room, and y'all take as long as y'all need to take. And so um, when I saw her, I put my hands on her. She was still warm. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm waiting on her to start coughing and doing something. Mm-hmm. And um, as the night went on, as family members, some of co workers came, um, everybody was like, Oh, you all right? And I'm worried about everybody else. Because um, at this time, I know I'm not the only person hurt. Um, and everybody was like, Shelton, I. I we we here for you, and I said I appreciate it. I said, but I need to make sure y'all are all right. I said because I know once y'all get back home, y'all gonna fall apart. But I need y'all to make it back home. Um, and, and so once once I knew the kids were okay, I was I was okay with. It. Um, but the the hardest part um was finding the. To release more to release the body. That that was the that was the hardest part. Um, and like I said, the head nurse was like, "So, however long it takes you to find this piece of paper, you take whatever time you need." Um, and, and so it, it took me about five minutes to, to find that paper. But um, if, if nobody listens to anything else from this, have the conversation. Um, because I tell anybody, if I didn't know what Brandy wanted, this process would have been a, a whole lot harder than what it was. Um, you know, we, we we get married, we date. Um, as males, we think, hey, we're going to be married for 79, 80, 90 plus years. That, that as a male, I, I, I feel comfortable in saying that that's what the, the ultimate goal is. Um, but we we never prepare for, okay, five years in the marriage or, or 10 years or, or even two years in the marriage. Um, we don't 
we don't prepare for death until we get up in age. And so my recommendation is have that talk. It's not too late. But do it in stages. You don't have to do everything at one time. Do it in stages. Because everybody handles death differently. Some people can talk about it. Some people, you can only talk about it in certain moments. And, and, and so um, that, that is it. something that every every one of us has to go through. We, it, it, it's no, it doesn't, it doesn't discriminate. It, titles, non-titles, it, it's, it's something in a marriage that it's going to happen. That, that, that day is going gonna, is gonna to come. Um, but prepare for it as you go through it. Um, and, and so everything was in writing. Um, I didn't have to guess on anything. Every, all the information I needed to know, I had it written down. So um, that was the, so, the blessing in the sky. So after, so after five years of marriage, mm-hmm. you guys go to the doctor and really, if I'm processing what you said correctly, now you're you're in a window of three weeks before she leaves. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that accurate? The, the doctor said, "Hey, I just she's got six weeks of treatment, and we were into the third week." But so that was completely every Wednesday week. Yeah, and, and so every Wednesday. Um, we would meet with both the chemo and radiation doctors, and they were take they were taking X-rays and everything. And um, even after she passed, I, I went and met with both of them, and we're we're looking at the X-rays and we're seeing the cancer shrinking. It, it, the treatments were doing what it was supposed to do, but like I told them, it it was her time to go. Um, you, you're not gonna stop God's plan. It, it, just ain't, it just ain't gonna happen. So let me ask too: What prompted you guys to go to the doctor to try to? So she, uh, she was she was a smoker, um, and so the blessing in the skies, she was trying to quit, and so um, her smoker's cough was changing, and and so the doctor that she works for, Doctor David. She said, Brandy, you need to you need to take tomorrow off and I've got you scheduled to go get x rays done. Um and so the first x rays we really couldn't see it. And so she goes, Brandy, she goes, I'm gonna need you to get a biopsy of your lungs. And so once they did the biopsy and sent it off, that's where um we found out she had the lung cancer. Wow. That's heavy, bro. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it, I knew she was a smoker when we when we dated. Um, and like I told her, I said, um, what people don't fail to realize, my, my father died of lung cancer also. Um, my father died when I was 12. And so going through that process, <clears throat> her knowing that, I went through it with him. She goes, so she goes, 
I never want to take you through that again. And so she, like I told her, I said, it's a hard habit to break. I said, whatever I can be of assistance, I'm here. And so um, I think when when she got diagnosed and then, like I said, with her talking with the patient um, and realizing that she beat it, um, even though she had the lung cancer, she wasn't thinking that that's what was going to take her out. Um, and so uh, even even to this day, I, I tell anybody, even if I knew that lung cancer was going was going to develop in our relationship, I'm I'm still marrying her. I'm only thing I would have done different. I would have married her sooner. Um, and, and so that's the that's the blessing in disguise. And, and, and like I told him, you know, I I can't um, knowing that this is this is how she was going to leave. Like I said, I, I would do it all over again. Um, what 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 she brought to me, the blessing in disguise of having two amazing kids. I wasn't trading traded in for the world. Um, that she was my peace. Um, and, and so some people get to get to have that blessing. Some people in marriage struggle because they fail to come. Um, they fail to, to do the things that they did while they were dating. Um, they get this little piece of paper and think things change. And, and really nothing changed for us. The only thing that changed was her last name um, and what our goals were. And, and, and so... Um, that's that's the beauty in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so being a father still to the kids, um, you know how how have you helped them cope with the loss? Um, and what are the challenges um, you guys face together as a family? So the the, the hardest part is holidays. Holidays have always been big for us, even while we were dating. Um, and so that Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving was rough. Um, and, and so um, when Stephanie and uh, my sister and my brother-in-law said, hey, let's, let's, let's go out of town for Thanksgiving this year, I was like, cool, I'm, I'm with it. Um, and so... When I look at my daughter, I see my wife. So everybody was like, "That's got to be rough," and I was like, "No, it's not." I was like, "That's that's my that's my saving grace," and and I tell everybody, "I I see her, I still see her," um, and she, and she lives with my daughter, and my daughter technically at the same rate as Brandy used to, uh, and so like at the beginning, it was it was like a huge adjustment. Um, but as I got used to it, it helped a, a huge lot. Um, like I said, my son, he's like me, he's, he's quiet, sheltered, but whenever he has this moment, he'll, okay, dad, this, this what's going on, give me your advice. He takes it, he does what he needs to do with it. Um, so as a family, like I said, every 14, you know, I try to take that day off. Um, if 
I schedule the work. Um, and we just try to do something. Uh, because, like I told, it's, it's gonna it's gonna take you years um, to, to grieve, and and don't tell nobody. Nobody should be able to tell you how to grieve because they don't know how you feel. Um, but the main thing as as a dad, and I said it before, the the hurt that they have as a dad, I'll never be able to fix it. Um, and I, I tell anybody, if love could could have brought Grandy back, she would have been back that night. Um, and, and and so the pictures are still on the wall. Her clothes are still hanging up in the uh, closet. So we really haven't changed anything in the house. Um, everything is pretty much the same way she, she's left it. So uh, it, it, I try to keep it as simple as possible. I, I I did not realize that it was uh, that it was three weeks. Even when we talked about it the first time, I didn't realize yeah. that it was three weeks. Yeah. I mean that's yeah, yeah. We're, we're, yeah we're three weeks in the tree. Yeah. I you know it's you never. I, I remember seeing on on Facebook her post that she was um that she had she had uh stopped smoking. And she had yeah. been uh, cigarette free for however many days, and I just, you know, I just loved the the comment, but I didn't realize yeah. that everything was pretty much in that same time span. I I, I never yeah. thought yeah. that yeah 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 that yeah. was like that that's and like you said, if you don't have those conversations, because most young couples don't have that, those conversations because they believe that they're going to be together for you know that eighty years is is a lifetime, and yeah. truly it is. But the reality yeah. is, is that you just don't know, um, yeah. you know, and even, you know, the recent, like the recent events, like with Chadwick Boseman, even though he, oh, man. he didn't know that yeah. time and, you know, everything was just kind of turned upside down immediately. But I assume that they yeah. had those conversations that he and his wife had those conversations before he passed. Um, right. But three weeks is, three weeks is, yeah. you know, yeah. to, to anybody that's, not no time to prepare at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Uh, I remember a conversation. Um, so shout out to uh, Dominique Simmons and, and Brent Luke. Mm-hmm. These these two guys are like brothers to me. Uh, shout out to Levi. Levi wasn't with us, uh, but we once a month we go to Top Golf together. Um, and like I said, even though Brandy's not here, um, our wives develop a friendship. Um, and so this particular time we were at Top Golf was the same time they were having the memorial for uh, Kobe. And um, when we got there, when we got to our, um, our little booth, Vanessa was getting ready to speak. And I told them, I said, I don't know how she feels, but this is about to, this speech she's getting ready to, to give. It's going to, it's not going to only help us, it's going to help her. And it was like, dang, we didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. And I said, she's been silent for so long. And I said, yeah, Brandy wasn't a celebrity or not, but the impact that Kobe has had on everybody's life 
on a, on a generation. I said the same, equivalent to the same impact that Brandy had on her patient. And I said, if she doesn't make another speech, this would be her hardest speech ever besides being a parent trying to help her her girl cope with not losing a daddy but also losing a sister. I said, I couldn't even imagine how she feels. It's one thing to lose a husband, but now she has to put a husband and a, a child in the ground. Yeah. For her to be able to be somewhat normal in the public eye is like tremendous to me. Like right. if I had the opportunity to sit down, I would love to sit down and just have a conversation to be like, Okay, what was your thought process this whole time? Because not only did you you share your husband with the world, like as Gigi was getting into basketball, like the world knew Gigi as a basketball player and that Kobe Bryant was her dad, like that's that's a lot to take in. Um, right. But I just remember that conversation, and they was like, dang, so, like, we, we didn't even think of it that way. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like, this, not only what she's getting ready to say, she's going to probably break down, and, and she has every right, but the world is going to feed off of her strength right now because, right, still to this day, I, I don't know how she – what her daily routine is, um, and, and especially with with her having uh, two younger daughters, um, I can only imagine what that daily um, daily process is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely feel you. I felt the same way about Vanessa when I saw her get ready to speak um, that day, because it almost not almost, but it, it it makes us share something common with her. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because it's like she's yeah. a celebrity, her husband's a celebrity, and we really don't have too much in common. But then we yeah. both lost someone that was of significance to us, you know. Um, and so I agree. She definitely comforted me because I was, I was able to tell you I was wrecked. When Kobe yeah, hit. It, 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 yeah. Kobe hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Threw me so Kobe hit hard. Like yeah, Kobe hit real hard. Um, Chad hit hard too because yeah, I didn't see that coming. Um, I did see him get smaller. Um, but yeah. I, I didn't. I I don't think I didn't process it. You know that that no, and, and, and nobody did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody did, and I think. I think the major takeaway is everybody that was close to him, they knew, but they didn't say not a word. Like, even when the pictures came out, like, they had every opportunity. Like, when those pictures came out and the world was, like, following them, like, I'm pretty sure he sent out a text message and was like, the world doesn't need to know what's going on. Um, and, and so your, your inner circle, I tell everybody, your, um, the the biggest thing is everybody can't get to it. Yeah, and, and that was the that was that was a hard thing to do, but I needed I needed time to process everything. Like mm-hmm. 
family was only able to get through. Um, and like I said, maybe three months afterwards, um, I lifted it to where people could call me a little bit later. Um, but like, I just, I had to shut down from the world. Um, if it makes sense, just to be able to process everything and then make sure, even though I'm processing everything, I'm making sure the kids are okay. And so, like, when people were able to finally get through, they were like, man, I've been trying to call you, like, four or five days in a row. And I'm like, look, I was like, it's not personal. I just I just needed some time just to, just to vacate from the world. Um, it just had my mind. Um Going through the process, um, that that Monday before my daughter got out for Thanksgiving break, I took her to school. My son was over at a friend's house, so I was in the house by myself. And uh, that dead silence is something serious. Like I said, nobody was home, and, like, I literally, like, screamed for, like, an hour and 30 minutes. Wow. That was some deep uh, conversation. I got some questions for you, though. Okay. Have you ever thought about what you want to happen when you leave this earth? Like, what do you want to be done, you know? Um, Prior to that conversation, no, I did not. Um, lately I definitely have been thinking about it, but the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of like, I'm not going to be here anymore. So I'm not really. (laughs) Yeah, right. I think, I think that's kind of how I feel too. Like, I'm just like, I don't really care. I mean, you literally can just, I I used, when I was a kid, I used to think, why would people cremate themselves? But it's kind of like, why would I go through this whole pomp and circumstance of getting a casket and all that kind of stuff? Just cremate me and then pour me in the ocean. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know about the pouring in the ocean. Why well, you got to be like that? I'm just saying. But the so the more I've been reading the Bible, the more I'm like, we started from dust. And when, with cremation, that's where you end up. So, yeah. And not for nothing, it is cheaper. It is cheaper. I, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, don't need all, I don't need all that pomp and circumstance. I remember right. when I was a kid, my mom was like, yo, you ain't got to do nothing special for me. Just put me, you can put me in a wooden box and just send me off. Like, I kind of feel the same way. Just, I would, I personally would think that I'd rather just be cremated and just poured out in a lake or an ocean or something like that. Okay. But to, so to answer your question, no, I don't really have a preference. But I do understand, after living some life, that funerals are not for the person that has passed. It's for the people you've left behind. Right. So, to me, if our kids said, you know what, I want to have, like, this grand celebration because, you know, because there are people who love us and they want to celebrate us or whatever, that would totally be, that would be up to them if that's what they wanted to do. Well, then that's a discussion that we need to have with the kids. And also, who going to be paying that life insurance policy to make sure there's enough money there to, <laughs> to, 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 to do this grandiose celebration? Because I'm just saying, like, 
you know, you might want to do this grandiose celebration, but you, you know, you got $159 in your bank account. Goodbye. I'm just saying, like, those are things that we need to have a conversation with, with, Absolutely. with what our kids about. Absolutely. I also, I think that people don't, life insurance, people normally, these days it seems, they don't have life insurance. And if they do have life insurance, they tend to use a lot of money on the funeral. What they don't understand is that in this grand country that we live in, just because someone dies, it doesn't mean their debt dies. It doesn't mean, you know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. um, that is, that is, I'm, I've learned that, that the la like the settling in a state after someone has passed away comes with a lot, depending on who that person is, their debt their If they own a home, are you going to sell the house? Are you going to keep the house? You know what I mean? There, there's so many things that, that are in, um, that are entangled. You like that, right? Um, and you know, life insurance and after a person dies. I just wanted to use the word entangle. Did, did you really throw that word in here? Entanglement. Yes, I okay, did. Okay, goodbye. Um, so, next question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Shelton mentioned in our conversation that Brandy was a smoker. Mm-hmm. You know, you were a smoker early mm-hmm. on in our marriage. Uh, this is something that we fought about repeatedly. Me trying to get you to quit. Hearing Brandy's story, do you feel I was being unreasonable with you no I, I never thought that you were being unreasonable um this is like a loaded question because w- over the past couple of weeks we've learned like a lot right and one of the things i know this is going to go a little bit off topic but i realized um after after listening to certain things uh ministries and whatnot i realized where i got that from where I got smoking from this was it was never something that like when I was a kid I was like ooh, I want to smoke that is something that I picked up in a relationship that I was in and what relationship was that my daughter's father he smoked smokes and drinks yeah oh wow I had my first drink with him oh okay um but again because of the things that I've learned recently I understand where it came from, because that was one of my, my, um, for me, I'm, um, the way that I think is I need to know the root of something so that I can change it. So, so that I can like burn the root so that it doesn't grow again. Mm-hmm. And I think I, that was one of the reasons why it was so difficult for me to quit. Um, not only that, it was associated with like, um, in different times in my life when I was stressed or w- whatever, um, I would smoke cigarettes when when it was something that I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't deal with or I just needed a break. I would smoke cigarettes. And subconsciously, I actually used to smoke cigarettes to keep my weight down. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, talking about you wanting me to stop, I've always wanted to stop. And because I didn't know where it came from, I, it was difficult for me. I would stop and then something would happen that would throw me right back into that cycle. And, um, I have been clean <laughs> for the, like, <laughs> I know that's, that's so- you're such a dork. <laughs> I'm dork I know. I've been clean. <laughs> no, but, but seriously, I, I, I haven't, sm- I have not smoked a cigarette since the beginning of the year. And. Beginning of what year? Uh, what year are we in? No, nah, don't play me. No, 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 seriously, no, seriously. No, what what year are we in? What year are we in? 
Come on, man. You don't know what year we're in. We got a pandemic going on. Oh, Kobe 2020. Bryant passed away. Chadwick Boseman passed away. And you don't know what year it is. No, it was. When did you go to that Navy thing? What did, Navy to, thing? I mean, to do the 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 test for the. Oh, uh, that was last year. Okay, so since since that time last year, I haven't had a cigarette, and I I feel good about that. I haven't wanted one, and I, there are several people in my life that still smoke. My brother does. My uh. My other brother does like like there are people in my life that do and I've been around them. And prior to that, if I let's say if I was casually having a drink and I was around somebody who had a cigarette, I'm like, "Mm, that would be good. But I don't I don't have those desires anymore. But so here's here's my thing. You know, I always felt that I didn't want to lose you to something that was um, that you could cure yourself that you could cure yourself, that you could handle and stop. Like, you have to have that willpower to want to live for your kids. You want to live for your husband. You want to live for you. And I, I just always looked at it. I mean, there's obviously there's a million things you could pass away from. But why would you want to contribute to your own death? That's how that's how I always looked at it. And, and I, I know that's how you looked at it. I just... Seeing as though... You have not, no one has walked in my shoes, okay? No one's walked in your shoes. So your opinion of, well, you know, you should, you should just be able to stop. You're absolutely right. I should be, I should have been like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to stop and that's it. But that's, that wasn't the case. There are, um, addictions are real and, um, I've had a desire to quit for a very long time, but again, it was it was like I didn't know I did not know how to stick with it because it would it, it would only take one situation, one instance, one some a thought that could take me back to something in my past that made me just be like, you know what, I just I just need a cigarette. I just, and then it'll make me feel better. And to be quite honest with you, after I had that cigarette, I felt worse. <laughs> because it was like okay so I went all this time without one and I went and I did it and it was like <sighs> yeah I understand um would you would you want me to remarry if something you know were to happen to you <sighs> I I'm not gonna say that I want you to remarry what I what I want is for you to be happy so if if and when the time came that you that you met someone and you wanted to marry that person, I wouldn't be against it. And again, I, 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 because of what I know now, I what what we believe, okay, is when we get to heaven, th- there's no marriage. There's no like, uh. Oh, well, I'm going to be with my husband. I'm going to be with my wife. It, marriage is not recognized in in um in heaven. So it's kind of like why why if if I love you and I, I I we're talking about me no longer being here, why would I want you to be alone? God didn't create us to be alone. I mean, I, I, I definitely can see that. I think the, the natu- in the natural sense of being here right now, mentally, 
this is where people struggle because like I don't want you to be with anybody else, right? But that's because you're physically here. Mm-hmm. I have an attachment to you right now. Like I can see you, you're tangible. But I, I think I would I think I definitely understand where you're at. Um for a long time I didn't I didn't feel that way. I was like, I wouldn't want you to remarry. Like I but I, I think that I truly would want you to be happy because, you know, if I, you know, do right in this life and I, and I, and I go to heaven, I'm going to be happy. Like I'm going to be unexplainably happy, Mm -hmm. you know? So why would I not want that for you here on this earth? Now, if we, you know, we, we build an empire, you know, here and, and you about to take that just share that with some old Willy Wonka dude like so I, I don't know let's that just I'm... be no but let, let's be very clear okay um we I don't I'm, I'm I'm not that girl okay god forbid something were to happen to you am I going out looking for someone absolutely not but I will protect everything that we've built together Ain't no like what we built is for our kids. And people are gonna be looking for you. You you light skin. What does that mean? Cause you, I mean, goodbye. Uh, goodbye. All right. Anyway, so Shelton mentioned that period of of dead silence, right? Do do you feel that's where you finally break as well, or you're you know you're pretty strong and and could go emotionless for a good period of time without showing anybody i mean it's true you can but like emotionless when i say emotionless it's like it seems like you're okay even though everything's breaking down around you and you should be crying it's just like you know you're trying to make sure everybody else is okay a lot like what shelton said and so like my question is would you have a meltdown like with dead silence do you think that's where it would get you? I don't I don't know. What I think because of the relationship that we have, there's no pretending that I'm okay. Um, I think that I would need to get it out in order to function. Like I'm I'm actually tearing up talking about it. I I don't that's not something that I'd be able to hold in at all. You really do love me. Oh my gosh. Next question. That's Jeez. actually all the questions that I have. But I'm saying I just it's nice to see like you know that you really do love me. I, I know you cook and everything for me, but to see the emotion just come out of you, like that's that's pretty deep. You're such a sap. I am. That's I'm a Pisces. Here we go with this whatever. <laughs> <laughs>